So this morning, I would like to uh, look a little further at the feeling tones, uh, mindfulness of Vedana, of tonality of experience. Uh, two more things uh, before we go into the instructions is what is also interesting to, to look at mindfulness of feeling tones is because often it's nearly like kind of automatic. We assume that the pleasantness is in the object and not in a way our perception of it or our connection, contact with it. And this is why uh, you can have the same object, you could say a painting, and then somebody sees a painting and think, wow, and they have a pleasant feeling tone, and somebody <laughs> sees a painting and think, mm, and have an unpleasant feeling tone. So in a way you have the same object but you will, you will have a different feeling tone. But it's also even with you uh, that, for example, for myself, uh, in the summer, if it's really hot, I will uh, enjoy ice cream. I eat ice cream, pleasant feeling tone to cool me down. But because generally I feel cold easily in winter, I would never eat ice cream. And if I see somebody else eat ice cream in winter, it makes me feel cold. So actually it's nearly like unpleasantness by proxy. Because this is also something that happened. That you, you don't have the contact, but seeing somebody else having the contact, that also gives you either the pleasant or the unpleasant feeling tone. And so you, we, one of the things to see, and we'll talk more about later, is the fact that the tonality, the fact that we in contact through the senses and there is a tonality, is actually constructed. Because it's so visceral, we feel that this must exist truly for all time when actually the tonality and the perception are both very constructed. They're constructed from our physiology, they're constructed from our culture, from our society, etc., etc. And so in a way, to see how uh, when you have the tonality, at one level the tonality is not fixed. I mean, we seem to have a lot of very automatic tonality and that often most people share, but not necessarily. <coughs> and to see that also the tonality with the same object can shift. When I was uh, living in Korea many years ago, uh, we used to get, uh, this was in the early days, 75, uh, the temple was very poor. And so we used to get, we were in the countryside far from anything. And so we used to get care packages from the capital, Seoul, 
and people would uh, send us bread and cheese. And then whenever we got one of these care packages, we'd get very excited. And time to time, the Korean monks would pass by and see us getting very excited about cheese. And so for us, pleasant feeling told, and they could not understand. I mean, cheese, it stings, it tastes terrible. I mean, for them, it was very unpleasant. They could not understand. So then a friend of mine, a monk, decided to tame cheese. So every day, he ate a little bit, a kind of little square of a little bit of cheese for a week. And then he said at the end of the week, it moved from unpleasant to neutral. <laughs> it's not that he would kind of, you know, want to eat it, but actually by, in a way, eating repetitively, it kind of became less bad, one could say, and became more neutral. So in a way, of course, the thing uh, can be shifted. And as somebody asked a very good question, I was wondering whether I should be cultivating quality of attention that positively influence the tonality or just trying to observe my tendency or perception to better recognize them in the future. And it actually both. That actually the mindfulness of the feeling tones, the first idea is first to recognize that this is an important part of our experience. It is generally quite subtle, but it can quickly become very intense. So the first thing is really to be more mindful of that part of our experience. Then the next thing, of course, is to, real, is to become more mindful, aware, how we have often this automatic reaction to the tonality. And then the third thing is also possible, that actually one of the beauty of the tonality is that at any given moment, you can have six different ones. I mean, apart from all the other ones in the text. But if we look at the basic one, at any given moment, you could have a pleasant tonality because you see something, unpleasant tonality because you hear something, and neutral because you don't have much sensation in your body. And then you have three other you could also have which are a little different. So, at that level, it's interesting. If we have six different tonalities, which one are we going to look at, which one are we going to notice, and you could nearly say which one is going to win the day. Because often what might happen is that you have six which are in balance, and they're light and not special, and then one might become dominant. And that was also interesting to look at that, suddenly one becomes more dominant, and then generally everything becomes Pleasant, for example. You have a good news, and then it rained, and there's still this, oh, but it, everything is fantastic. And so it's kind of suddenly one predominate, and everything becomes great, for example. Or 
an unpleasant one predominate and everything becomes unpleasant. And so it's a case when, you know, you have a beautiful day, you say to your friend, let's go out, it's fantastic. And the friend says, everything is terrible. So in a way, you can have the six in balance, or suddenly it's kind of like there is a shift. One starts to predominate, and often, of course, because we grasp, because we react, because we identify, or because the pitch of it becomes stronger. I mean, it's like, you know, if you have a little headache, you feel, oh, it doesn't matter. And then the headache goes up and up and up. And then it's like it kind of, it becomes more dominant because it's more intense than everything else. So it can shift for many different reasons, not just because we grasp, just also because of physiology, just because of changing the condition. So it doesn't necessarily just depend on us. And so, of course, sometimes we can have the choice. If I feel strong and clear and stable, I could have an unpleasant feeling tone, go towards it, and not be overwhelmed by it. And then I could engage with it in a creative way. Or I can feel tired, unwell, and if there is an unpleasant feeling tone and I focus on it, it's like nearly it intensifies. So I could decide that for now, I might just leave it in the background. And then maybe I focus on something a little more neutral or something a little more pleasant. It doesn't mean we do this all the time, but it means that we can have the choice to do it time to time. So that's very important. So it's kind of a little looking at what are my conditions which are going to help me with this feeling tone right now. So now, let's look at how we do this. So generally, the one thing we're not doing is asking you to be aware of all the 108 every second. <laughs> no, again, let's keep this simple. And so generally the advice in terms of the formal meditation is to be aware at one point of contact. So you actually keep your anchor. So if you have the breath as an anchor, you keep that. If you have the sensation, the body as an anchor, you keep that. Or like today, I would like to suggest that we do listening meditation. So this is a wide anchor. Then sound arise and pass away. Sometimes it's a little more silent, so you listen more to the silence. Here with the listening, I would say be careful. If you have tinnitus, like a ringing in the ears, I would not recommend listening in the room because it's relatively quiet and what you're going to hear most is the tinnitus but I would recommend to do the listening meditation outside during the walking period. So just to be careful there. So then if you use the breath as an anchor, then you're aware of the breath. And what is being aware of the breath is being aware of contact. The air comes in the nostril, comes out again. 
And then what is the tonality of that contact? Most of the time, relatively neutral. Unless you have a cold or you have some allergy, generally fairly neutral. Or you can be aware of the body. So first you can be aware of sensation of contact. The feet, the leg on the cushion, uh, the air on the cheek, the clothes on the body, the hands on each other, buttocks on the cushion. And that, again, what's the tonality of that contact? Generally fairly neutral. But then you could look at different sensation. Sensation of coolness, sensation of heat, which might be pleasant or unpleasant. Or we might look at specific sensation, and then it can be pleasant or a lot of the time a little unpleasant. And then what's interesting with tonality is change. Like if uh, an unpleasant sensation stops, does the tonality stop too? Or is it, is it like the tonality remain a little bit? So just observing that. Or if there is a sensation which continues. Let's say you have a little discomfort in the knee. You go to the knee, you observe the sensation, you become aware of the tonality. And does the tonality remain the same? to the first perception, to the first awareness. Is it exactly the same? Does it become more? Does it become less? And so I think with the tonality can become very interesting in terms of this change. And then with the sound, the idea with the sound is that either you open to the space in which the sound happens, and then it's really a wide anchor. Or, for the purpose of the tonality, then you're aware of a specific sound. Generally, your, your attention will go, I mean, to me, me, that's what it does. My attention goes to the sound I perceive the most, or I hear the most. So, sound of a bird, sound of a cough, sound of a chair creaking, sound of a car outside, whatever it might be. So you hear the sound. And then, just noticing, is there a little tonality? And then, if the sound goes, does the tonality goes with it, or does it remain a little bit? If the sound continues, Again, does the tonality remain the same or does it seem to change? So again, that can be interesting. In terms of the walking meditation, again, as I said uh, yesterday, it can be really uh, in the meditation room a lot of the time, the tonality will be on the low range. So they, were, they generally, hopefully, are not very intense as you see. So often it's kind of like more in the neutral range, a little up, tiny bit down, but generally it's not much range. But if you go outside, generally you can have a little more range in terms of what you see, in terms of what you hear. And then 
You can also, if you want to play with an exercise I suggest, is with time. So let's say you are in a place somewhere at some point in the day where you see something which is pleasant, something which is a little unpleasant, and something which is neutral. I mean, once I did this, I, it was possible in the place I was, I could see the toilet, I could see myself in the mirror, and I could see a flower. And so first, I just look at each one second. So very brief, very brief, and just being aware of the tonality. And then I stayed longer, 10 seconds with it. And then I stayed longer, 20 seconds with it. And then looking at how does the tonality change with time if you stay with something. That's also interesting. And so if you want to play a little with this, you can. So when we do the tonality, in the same way that when we do the listening, we're not trying to pinpoint. I am not expecting you to spend your time saying, unpleasant, minus five and a half, pleasant, plus one and three quarter. This is really not the idea. So I would not suggest that you note, unless you're used to noting, I would not suggest you do this. But you use more the tonality as a mean to be more, a little closer to the experience. So not even saying pleasant, unpleasant, neutral, but just being aware. How does it feel? Kind of like hearing this sound, feeling this sensation, just a sensation of the air coming through the breath. Is there a little quality? Is there a little tonality I can experience? So just doing that. The same with the sound when you're doing listening meditation, of course, as soon as you hear a sound, generally you perceive it and it makes sense to you. This is a bird, this is a cough, this is the new chair, creaky. I love it. Guy House bought these beautiful chairs and they creak. I think nobody tried them or not long enough. Or maybe it's because of the time the creaking appears. I don't know. I find it fascinating. All this beautiful chair and you're trying to sit on it. Then you realize, mm -hmm, creaking. And you might have noticed I, I took an old chair. So I don't creak. So, you know, I mean, this is interesting. You're on the chair you hear the little creaking. What's the tonality? You are people in the room. You hear the little creaking. What's the tonality? That, that's interesting. What do we do? But of course we generally recognize what the thing is. But the idea is not actually to recognize the sound. The fact that we perceive it is just part of the course, that's just the capacity we have. But what we're trying not to do is to comment and to associate, oh, this bird 
I don't know if we have some bird specialists, you know, is it this type of rook, a female rook, or a male rook, or a young rook, or southern eastern rook, or, you know, I used to be a bird watcher uh, some times ago. So, in a way, it's just, it's a bird. So we know it's a bird. And so some of us will notice that we cannot hear something without having actually just in the mind immediately the name because that's the way the mind works. But over time the idea is to just listen to the sound for itself and then you might have the designation or not. So that doesn't matter. We're not trying to not have designation at all or have specific designation. It's just what you do for the, with the sound, wh how your mind works. But what is also useful is when you hear a sound and you have no idea what it is. And you can see the mind wanting to know, you know, is it this, is it that? But can we just stay with the hearing of the sound? Personally, I think the listening meditation is a beautiful practice so that we start to listen again for the sound itself and not for our commenting on it. I think it's going to shift a little perspective. That's what we're trying to do a little bit. But also with sound, we can notice a little more easily, I would say, the tonality, the shift in tonality with different sounds. So just being aware of that. And again, in terms of the listening meditation, if this seems to work for you, I mean, I'm aware that not everybody has the same uh, auditory acuity. Some people, they sit here and they can hear every single sound, even hear sound I don't hear. And then other people, we sit here and don't hear as many sounds as other people. So again, see... Like if you're just sitting here and your acuity is not very high, which means actually there is very little difference, then for you to see if you want to continue with the listening meditation or if it's better for you to do the body sweeping or just being aware of the breath. So again, see what works for you in terms of the listening. And also that the listening does not make you start to think more than if it's more distracting or more confusing, then again, you can leave it aside, come back to the breath, come back to the body. But if you enjoy the listening, I think this can be a really helpful practice. Then in terms of the tonality, often a lot of the time not much is going on. So you're aware of something which is very kind of very intangible, very little kind of... Uh, feel to it. And so you might think, oh, there is nothing. This, this is what happened to me for a long time, that I would look for tonality and I could not find anything. And I thought, oh, I'm not doing this right until I realized I found the neutral tonality. So just to be aware of that, that often there is not much, not, not looking for something more. And then if it seems too confusing, 
Again, just leave it and you can just come back to the breath, the body or the sound. But for those who are able to, to do the tonality, then time to time you can notice the tonality of the contact itself with the sound, for example. And then when you find that you're quite mindful with this friendly, caring mindfulness, then also you can notice what the tonality of being mindful in this way. So kind of again, a little shift in the object. So that's what I would uh, suggest today. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.